Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans. I'm Brett Thomas. Welcome to The Scorecard. This is your fast, fun hit of sport for Friday, January 13. Today, the Stars keep their slim BBL finals hopes alive. We'll break down the Aussie Open draw for our top hopes this year. And will Liz Cambage ever play for Australia again? An Opal star opens up. But first... We have some breaking news now, and the Australian cricket team has just pulled out of its planned series against Afghanistan. Now, this comes in response to the Taliban's restrictions on women and girls cricket. Australia was due to meet Afghanistan in the United Arab Emirates for three one-day matches in March. That news has not gone down well with the Afghanistan cricket board, calling it unfair and unexpected, accusing Cricket Australia of prioritising political interests over the principles of fair play and sportsmanship. And some of their BBL stars have gone one step further. Adelaide Strikers fan favourite Rashid Khan is considering his future in the Big Bash, while Sixers bowler Naveen Al-Haq is also considering boycotting the BBL. They've warned CA's decision will only harm men's cricket and set back the progress they've made in recent years. And while that's a valid point, neither Khan, Al-Haq or their national cricket board made one mention of women's rights in any of their strongly worded statements. In the BBL last night, the Stars kept their slim finals hopes alive. Liam Hatcher removed the top two run scorers in the BBL, Matt Short and Chris Lynn, as the strikers were rolled for just 108. Tom Rogers smacked his first BBL 50, and the Stars reached the target with 33 balls to spare. While David Warner returns for the Thunder tonight against the Scorchers and says the BBL can still help him prepare for the Tour of India next month. doesn't matter what colour the ball is, it's still playing the game of cricket and I reckon that's the most important thing. Best time is in the middle and if I can get that time in the next you know, five or six games, it'll be awesome. Nick Kyrgios is talking with the type of confidence we like to hear. Not the Bernard Tomic type, look how much money I have smugness, but the I'm a genuine chance of winning the Australian Open type belief. By Nick's own admission, he's usually strolled into the Oz Open with a nothing-to-lose attitude, so he's feeling a different type of pressure this year. It's a bit different this time around for me, you know, being one of the favourites. You know, usually, you know, I'm kind of like a dark horse type thing, but now, obviously, after the year, I've had one of the favourites approaching, so it's kind of new for me as well. Like, this is the first time I've genuinely gone to a slam feeling like I'm one of the guys that can really, you know, take the trophy and, and knock on the door. So I don't know what I'm going to be feeling when I get out there. Usually, I've got nothing-to-lose type thing and just putting on a show, but I've got to try and really find that balance. While Kyrgios has always been box office viewing at his home slam, he's never really been a serious contender to win. Since making the quarterfinals back in 2015, two appearances in the fourth round are the best he's done. And the pressure on the shoulders of our greatest hope is suffocating, which made Ash Barty's title last year all the more remarkable. Don't you eat pressure for breakfast? Leighton Hewitt made the final in 2005, but never made it past the fourth round in any other year. Sam Stoza's best effort was a fourth round as well. So this seems like uncharted waters for Nick. Very hard. Obviously the only person that's been able to do it in Australia in the last decade has been Ash Barty. You know, to be able to, you know, ride the pressure of uh, being at home and, and getting it done, she's the only person that's been able to do it. You know, me and Finasi did it last year in the doubles, but it doesn't even equate the singles court. So, you know, we're, we're still trying to find those answers. He's drawn Russian Roman Ramulin in the first round with Novak Djokovic potentially awaiting in the quarters. Panasi Kokonakis will meet the temperamental Italian Fabio Fanini. Alex Dimonor's drawn a qualifier, while Isla Tomjanovic faces a tricky second round if she gets there against a former champion, either Victoria Azarenka or Sofia Kennan. I've had it confirmed from a few sources. Is it correct that they were playing Nigeria and Liz Cambage was, had her feathers ruffled and she turned to them and said, go back to your third world country? And as a result, there was a brawl that erupted and since then, you haven't spoken to her. 
That is all 100% correct. If there's any Australian team we'd love to see win Olympic gold, it's the Opals. Liz Cambage, as a generational talent, loomed as our biggest weapon leading into Tokyo. She decided to withdraw, citing mental health reasons. But then the details of sledging and a fight emerged from a practice game against Nigeria in Las Vegas. Aside from former captain Jenna O'Hay, who we heard from there, the Opals have been largely silent on the incident and Liz's future in the green and gold. Kayla George appeared on listeners on her game podcast and judging from these comments, it seems unlikely she will ever return. She removed all of us Opals as friends on Instagram after the BA um, investigation came out. I, Is that got, doubly hurtful I'm not, considering everything you've been through um, together? Well, it hurt me. It hurt me a little bit more just because like I'd, there was a lot of energy on my end for our friendship. Like we were, yeah. I'd always, you know, she hadn't been spoken about very highly in the Australian public for a while. And I'd always have her back with a lot of things. And, yeah. and that was just um, like the first time that I was like, you know what, I really can't have you back anymore. And it was, I, losing a friend sucked, but how she behaved wasn't appropriate. Now, maybe Liz wasn't the biggest reason the Opals only made the quarterfinals in Tokyo. The infamous body suits reappeared for the Games. And going on Kayla's description of what went wrong with the uniforms, I don't think they'll be returning again. We were in Vegas, we tried on the bodysuits and they were dark green on the bottom. Like we all had humongous camel toes and we all were like sweating. We would, we would have been the most photographed team at the Olympics for the wrong reason. So they eventually fixed the seams, but we only got those uni- the bodysuits for game one. 30 minutes before we left on the bus to go to the game. And they weren't lined properly. They weren't double lined. So they were just like a single layer of oh, Lycra. Oh, Jesus. And so that's why they were, we all had to wear black skins underneath. Oh. Silly me wore blue skins. And that's your fast, fun hit of sport for today. Catch you next week on The Scorecard. Listener.